Welcome to Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses and reminisce about it, then replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be rolling back the clock and talking about Super Bonk for the Super Nintendo. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. We've somehow turned into a crab? So let's talk games! Let's go! Click clack. Bloop, clack. Bloop, bloop. Whatever the, the crab noise that he does is. Bloop, bloop. That's gotta be a clip. Because <laughs> both of us at the same time just started going. Bloop, 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 bloop. But we're on episode 48 for a game that nobody's heard of. Uh, yeah, apparently nobody has heard of this game, and it's also impossible to find. But it's one of those situations where. No one has heard of it, except it has a very strong, small following that I could find. Because I actually found a lot of really interesting things about this particular franchise online, talking about it. Yeah, franchise, apparently. Considering it, it's such a obscure game, in our minds at least, and people we talked to, they had never heard of it. But it was like, oh... It's not as obscure as I think, but I think there's a very loyal but small following of Superbonk. All I know is when I tried to find this game at Too Many Games, mm-hmm. like the one copy I found was like $120. So fascinatingly, <laughs> I was, again, reading up on it, and they were talking about how on some of the original games, they are uh-huh. available online. This was an article from 2016, but they're like, you can find a couple copies for like $500. So <laughs> it's, again, that exclusive market of there's so few of yeah. them because it wasn't wildly popular, but it's popular among a group enough that they're expensive, apparently, which is just crazy. It's fine. Just go fly on Singapore Airlines and then you can find <laughs> it. It's fine. Spoilers for the Rose segment. <laughs> 25 years ago. <laughs> so we're talking about Superbonk, but before we get into the meat of the episode. The big meat of the episode. <laughs> before we get into the big meat of the episode, we have to talk about today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Bonk. Yeah, I was like, I don't know the sound effect. Rage! Rage! So, Chris, what is today's video game trope of the day? This episode's trope of the day is idle animations. Or, as Chris also put it, fun, sassy, snarky, weird idle animations. I did not do this. I know who did. He's sitting on your side of the screen. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway this is when the player stops moving the player character the pc and the pc reacts to the lack of commands it's really that simple yeah after a while but you see it everywhere it's i think it's just a fun thing that that they do it's not really a screensaver because it's just a player character Mm mm-hmm 
you, I mean, you see it all over the place. You see it in the game of the episode, Super Bonk. Uh, I think one of my favorite idol animations with him is when he does the weird teary thing. He does the like, tear thing, the anime tear thing. But he also, yeah. at one point, his head comes off his body like a helicopter at one point. And it's just, there's some weird... I missed that one. I saw that and was... I think it's when he's transformed uh, and we'll oh. get into his transformations. But it, his head came off like a helicopter at one point and I was very confused. So Bonk, yeah, he does the waiting, the tapping, the fort classics. But yeah, he does the anime tears at one point. He does... Yeah. He has quite a few animations. They happen pretty quickly, too. It doesn't take they, long they for really his do. idol yeah. animations to pop up. But other classics, of course, are like Sonic the Hedgehog. He taps his foot and gets very annoyed with you when you stop moving him. Yeah, Mario 64, he will literally sit down or lie down and take a nap with, yeah. with again, the anime snooze bubble that comes out. I find it funny. In Assassin's Creed, Desmond, the modern-day assassin for the early games, starts scratching his butt and gets yelled at, which is just funny uh, if you're in the Desmond mode. <laughs> but <laughs> if you're in Assassin mode, so if you're Altair or Ezio or anything, they especially if you're in one of the crouch positions, they start uh-huh. like shifting, like they have to keep their balance, but they're still assassins, oh. so they don't move a ton. But it's enough that they actually do shift around to be like, I'm keeping my balance. I'm, I'm As a quick hooked. aside, I kind of agree with your assessment of Altair or Ezio or whoever. Because yeah, I don't who know cares? what after that. <laughs> Cares. Ezio's the best. Sorry, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Jack and Daxter obviously has a ton. Daxter a ton goes crazy. Across all of the games. Link in every Legend of Zelda game, really post Ocarina of Time especially, has some sort mm. of idol animation. Earthworm Jim. Go back. Way big throwback. He'll have some where he'll like play with his plasma gun. I think yeah, he the, blows the jump himself rope up. with his own head is the one I remember. Yeah, he, yeah, he takes out one. the worm part and jump ropes with it. I think he sings. He has like, some fun does ones. horrible singing. Producer Kyle put it as a this is when the animators get to just have fun and they don't Yeah. They let them just have at it. In in a game you wouldn't think there would be an idle animation, a Half Life, the original Half Life, you get the bug that's kind of a grenade. And if you sit yeah. there, he'll like poke the bug. Gordon Freeman will poke the bug and oh, then like try funny. to bite him. That's not a game you would expect an idol animation from. Oh, but no, definitely not. Yeah. I think the the one that stands out to me, I mean, uh, so many games have those idol animations yeah. where they wait and they do something to keep you kind of be like, hey, something's still happening. But in a, another slightly obscure game that a lot of people might not know about, it's a, a Square Enix game called The World ends with you there are these idle animations for each of the characters each character has a unique idle animation but at one point in the game if you wait long enough for the idle animations you could then talk to your partner so you have your pc but then your partner also has idle animations and so in mm-hmm. order to talk to them you wait long enough you'll have speech bubbles pop up to talk to them there's a point in the game where I actually struggled and got confused at what to do and had to look it up in the guide where it had to tell me, you need to wait for the idle animation and wait for him to have the speech bubble pop up and then you can, can progress the story. So not only did the game that's, build that's in idle animations, 
but they built it into actual gameplay for only one instance. But the point was you had to be patient and you had to listen. It was part of the plot of the story, but it was very clever. They built it into something that existed all along and then you had to wait for it. And me being the impatient person that I am didn't no. wait for it. And so I had to look up the guide to be like, why can't I figure this out? And it's like, oh, you need to wait. Stop being. I think I think you. other games have done that too for secrets, where it's like you gotta wait, it. like you gotta wait like a long time. I I, I can't. This tell wasn't you off that the top long, to be fair, but it was like one of them's like you gotta wait like five minutes or something like that, and then like no. <laughs> no, I won't do it. No, but so I just thought it was interesting. So idle animations are really common. They're just moments where you can see a little bit of character come out from your your PC. Sometimes moments of yeah. like just kind of humor that pop up. And sometimes they're just weird. They're just freaking weird sometimes. That's Super fair. Bonk is in that category because this game in general well, is just yes, weird. This game that's, uh, which we will talk about. But. Uh. Oh, yeah. But idle animations, especially things like the Sonic one in, in particular always stands out to me because it's so iconically Sonic that he gets mad that you're making him wait. And I think he starts tapping his watch and he's just waiting. And it's so his character. And I think that's why it sticks in our memory. It sticks with us, these idle animations, because it reinforces the characters we already know. It reinforces the game you already know. It, it feels in character most of the time. For these yeah. idle animations. It's a very fourth wall breaking moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why it's so much fun. Like, mm-hmm. because it's a very subtle fourth wall break. A little Hello. bit, yeah. It's acknowledging that you as a player are the player character. And that's just good fun. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's why idle animations are today's video game trope of the day. Trope of the day. I thought you were going to wait and make me idle, which would go really well in a podcast format. Oh, that just made me think of the co-op episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it is time to talk about the game of the episode. Katie, what can you tell me about the basic info for Super Bonk for the Super Nintendo? So Super Bonk is a platformer that was released in 1994 for the Super Nintendo. It was developed by AI Co. Limited. It is the fourth game in the Bonk series, which... I had no idea there were so many Bonk games. There's so many. This is... It's the fourth. It's not the last. There's so many that they did. I will say a lot of these development notes I'm about to get into, I got from RetroGamer.net, so thank you very much for that. We're going to give credit where we do. Because again, there is a loyal, dedicated group of people to this game series, which was surprising. So, Bonk, who was originally known as PC Genjin in Japan and BC Kid in Europe, started life as a comic series in a magazine, which is hilarious. Is yeah, super interesting. Specifically, the magazine was published to promote Hudson Soft's PC Engine, which was a game console in Japan. The US version was called Turbo Graft Graphics. Graphics. Oh, okay. Yeah, Turbo, Turbo Graphics. Graphics. Because it ends with yeah. FX. 16, yeah. as in 16 bit, uh, as it was sold in North America. The comic was so popular that they felt like they had to make a game around this comic. That's fascinating. And so they created a game based on this comic that was, the comic was meant to promote the system as a whole, but it was so Uh popular they made a game out of it, which is so opposite of everything we know, like with Mario and eventually Sonic, 
but we'll talk about it. he actually predates Sonic. Huh. I don't know if I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I was, because this is, yeah, like the way you said, the fourth game. Yeah, this so was the I guess fourth it would. game in 1994. Sonic was, was like game. 93, I mm-hmm. want to say, something like that. So I, I saw Hudson when you launched the game, and Hudson's like the, that's the publisher. Yep. It's the B. And I recognize that logo, and I was trying to figure out why. I know this logo. They've done like Bloody Roar. The oh. fighting series, yeah. which was like, I want to say like Dreamcast and PlayStation. They also did a lot of the Bomberman games. Yes, I did know because because Bonk makes an appearance in a Bomberman game. Right, right. They also did SWAT Cats. Yeah! Because there was a SWAT Cats SNES game. Oh, SWAT Cats. <laughs> That's, there's a deep dive. Oh, uh, like no, because I played it. I only it. watched the show. I played it. I played it in college only because I loved the, the game TV so show. much. So back to Super Bonk and back to Bonk, yes. the original Bonk game. So again, we talked about the popularity of the comic promoted them to make the game, but because they wanted to take advantage of the hype in the moment, they really wanted to get the game out ASAP. So the original Bonk game was developed in done in three months. <laughs> that that tracks just... for yeah. It was probably three months by like six people or something he, ridiculous. Well, no, they like actually that. hired like... multiple studios to work on it to get it done fast Ooh. enough. Like they pushed hard. So mm-hmm. they believe so much in Bonk, and we'll keep calling him Bonk, but we'll talk about why that might not be the most accurate name <laughs> because. The U.S. marketed him as the mascot with attitude. That tracks. Because he basically became the mascot for the Turbo Graphics. Right. And so they were putting him against Mario because when he was first released, it was a year before Sonic had ever debuted. They still had Alex Kidd as their main mascot, and which, while fun, wasn't as yeah. popular as I think they wanted him to be, hence Sonic taking over. So Bonk was the mascot with attitude, which is hilarious. I swear I bought a Turbo Graphics. From like either either the church fiesta or at a garage sale somewhere, and I just looked up because the games the games were like cards that you slotted in and out. No idea what happened to it. I swear that I bought a Turbo Graphics because they had I, there was a CD version too later that came out not long after. No, the original, the Turbo Graphics no, sixteen. The was I'm looking. Just- I'm looking at the picture. I swear I bought one of these because I thought it was interesting and I never got it to work. It, I'm assuming it, I'm assuming it was thrown out at some point. I'm sure. It it might be somewhere in mom and dad's basement. Oh god. I no, don't I think, think they, so because I think they gave us all the ones at this point. I think so. I swear I bought this thing. I I wouldn't be surprised. But I know that bothers me so forever. much that it's gone. I know, gone forever. Ugh. That makes me sad. It's not but your yeah. fault, mom and dad. It's not it's definitely not their fault. It's definitely <laughs> our fault. So, in general, this, the Bonk series was quite popular when it first came out. Super Bonk, as uh-huh. we said, was the fourth game in the series. It was after the original trilogy. It was after the, the Turbo Graphics died, 
<laughs> it wasn't going to be their own franchise, <laughs> which is why Super Bonk was done on the SNES as opposed to on the Turbo Graphics because right. the game system died. So it moved to the SNES, but there were some really good advantages to them moving over to the SNES because it wasn't as colorful as the Turbo Graphics had been. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. the Turbo Graphics had much better coloring than the SNES, but the SNES had more detail with in their sprites. And so the coloring could be more detailed, even if it's not as diverse within the SNES. So all of the sprites looked way more detailed because of the way that it was built in the SNES, even though there weren't as many colors, Hmm. which is kind of an interesting dynamic. Also, bringing up something we just mentioned in the previous episode and have mentioned other episodes, it also took advantage of Mode 7 technology. I'm not sure how. Uh, some of I the miss... cut scenes, I think, and bosses, possibly. I don't know. I'm not going to describe Mode 7 again because no. last time Listen to the last I accidentally episode. started ranting about Always. Mode 7. When do you I not know. rant? Uh... <laughs> So it was it was a really interesting development of the series in general as well as this game. They got to kind of expand a bit as the fourth game in a series, which really this is the first time we're talking about a game so late in a game series. We normally talk about the first or second game in a series. And this is the first time we're talking about the fourth game in a series. Well, yeah, because it's the only one that we new and and we talk about it in the rows aren't we're a very hit and run with this game when we were growing up very much so i say that and it's still not a very well-known game so there are speed runs i'm not gonna get into the details because nobody cares there's like two people on the speed run charts (laughs) producer kyle was trying to convince me to put my run on the speed run charts and i was like cool it'll be like 30 minutes and then five hours Second place. All I know is I was I was trying to figure out spoilers how to get through a certain section, and the YouTube video that I found was a speedrunner that just skipped the section that I went <laughs> through, and I was like, "That's not helpful." Damn you! I definitely had that issue multiple times. <laughs> Another fun fact I had about this game, I alluded to it earlier, of the name Bonk. I said he has multiple names. It depends on where we're talking about him. Bonk was given a new name in Japan for almost every system. Yeah. Because his original name, PC Genjin, apparently doesn't make sense on other systems. So his name changed Uh to FC Genjin on the Famicom, GB Ooh, Genjin makes... on the Game Boy, because PC, because they, they said it was a PC-style game, uh-huh. and Cho Genjin on the Super Famicom. In addition, Bonk was often referred to as PC Kid, a moniker that was even featured in a Japanese commercial. So he had a lot of names in Japan. It hmm. was much simpler in North America. They just called him Bonk. It was always I Bonk. Mean, it's a good name. It makes sense. It makes sense because that was his primary method of attack. And so they just (laughs) called him Bonk. In Europe, they called him BC Kid as an alteration to PC Kid. Again, PC, they were saying personal computer. But BC, they made an allusion to like pre... Was it before... What does BC stand for? Before... Oh my God. What? Before Christ. No, not... I I wasn't saying BCE. Is it before Christ? Really? Yes! Well, sh... <laughs> what? What? I was trying How to think, I was this? before crustacean, and I knew that wasn't right. Before- oh what? Oh my god! Did you just say before crustacean? Thank God for recordings. <laughs> before crabs. Oh my god! I knew it was wrong. Leave me alone. 
I've you are never living this down ever. <laughs> I know I knew it at one point. I just forgot. You went to Catholic school. <laughs> so he's BC kid because he's a caveman. I'm leaving it there. Oh my god. Oh, there are crabs in this game. There are. We'll get to it anyway. So he was BC kid for before Christ. The <laughs> Critical response for this game wasn't as great. It was actually one of the lowest rating up to this point. Mm -hmm. Bonks, one, two, and three, all got 90 plus on average for their rating. Mm -hmm. They were very, very well received. Super Bonk, on the other hand, was an average of 71.5%. Now, that's only four reviews on game ranking. Yeah. In general, it was a much more controversial game even for the fans, because they loved a lot of the improvements the game made, but it felt very gimmicky to a lot of fans, and so it consider it was considered very I divisive at the end of the day. So 71.5 is probably a realistic way of looking at it, that it wasn't bad, but it wasn't loved. So we should probably look at this game before critics. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle enjoyed that more than I did. Yes, yes, I heard I heard the giggle in the background. <laughs> that makes it worthwhile. <laughs> so worth worthwhile? Yes, that's the right turn of phrase. With all that said, you're about to hear the wild and weird way Chris and I experienced this <laughs> game before we had the chance in our modern era to play it again. So let's play that Chiacarina of Time. Hear the stories that no one would have guessed and no one has heard <laughs> so far in this podcast about how we played Superbonk. So let's go. Yes. And that music means we are back in the past, back before we had a chance to play this game again. So Chris, what the heck is Superbonk? So I suggested that we play this over a group chat, and I think your response was just literally a bunch of question marks. Yes, yes it was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember this game, I think the only place that I remember playing this game, or the first place I, I might say, maybe the only place, was on the plane to Malaysia, because it was Singapore Airlines, and they had the little uh, back-of-the-seat consoles, but they also had, like, a little controller. Yeah, and there you was had a built-in controller. Of, a bunch of, like, Super Nintendo games, and one of them was Super Bonk. And it's, like, a caveman, cave boy? Yes. So once you said it was on the plane to Malaysia, I was like, oh, okay, I remember the game. And, he, yeah, he has a giant head. I, like, he's yeah, disproportionately a, a giant head. Giant yeah. head. And I think he's bald. Yes. I think he's bald. Yes. Because, you know, rendering hair is hard. <laughs> yeah. It, no. it was tidy body, huge bald head. Yeah. And and, I'll, and I agree with you. I think it was prehistoric because I want to say you fought dinosaurs. Probably. Maybe? I mean, I, I remember he was wearing like an old like Flintstone style. Yeah. Like, so, uh, so, so to set the scene. Yeah. We were flying to Malaysia for the very first time. I was about 10 years old. Chris was about 12 years old, maybe nine and 11, somewhere in that general range. And we were flying there. This is a what ended up being a total of 21 hours in a plane to fly there, which is, you know, it's not a not fun, a short flight, but it was divided into it was divided into like a 10 hour or like an eight hour trip and then like a 14 hour trip. And so we did Singapore Airlines and they were one of the first airlines.
designs in the industry to have individual TVs on the back of every chair, but not just individual TVs, individual TVs that you controlled independent. So that's how Chris was able to use his to play games. And I was able to play games, but I also watched movies. That's when I watched the movie Anastasia about 50 times Uh, (laughs) because it was just playing on loop. I think I watched Alien Resurrection about three times, which is not a movie for- Alien Resurrection was on there? Yes, it was. Not a movie for preteen, but I watched it anyways. I just remember there was an Alice in Wonderland movie that was supposed to be for kids, but was really dark and creepy. And Anastasia. I watched a lot of Anastasia. And yeah, we played this game. And so that's, as soon as you, you mentioned it was on the airplane, I was like, oh, I don't think I ever remembered the name of the game. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> you just played I, it on the system. Yeah. And there was no saves, which was no, really, really annoying. Because mom still talks about it, where it's like, all you did was play video games. And it's like, well, I didn't always play video games, but what else was I going to do? We were on a plane for, we were on a plane. I mean, sleep, I guess, but. Sleeping eh. on a plane was hard, especially because we were right by the galley. And so they kept going in and out. Yeah. But that was, that was, the, you, you are also, I think, in the, um, you shared a seat, you sat next to dad and our grandfather. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Whereas I was sitting with mom. Mm-hmm. Because that's, this is the, also the flight we discovered. I get motion sick on planes. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe not discovered it. It was when the flight attendant on the first leg was like, do you think your daughter might be motion sick? And that's why she's so miserable. And both our parents were like, oh. And oh, like, that's right. Because when we stopped over in Amsterdam, we had to buy. Dramamine. We had to buy Dramamine, but all the directions were in like. German. Dutch German. Yeah. yeah. And we had to literally find people that were like, what is the dosage for this? Like, what does this say? This is this is the, the conditions of, of playing this game that I was in. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I don't remember a ton of the game. I remember, you know, again, the, some of the visuals again. Like, it's a platformer. I remember the, platformer. the character. Yeah, the, yeah. the character style. I, it's just one of those. It's like, well, yeah, I played it for like six hours because yeah. what else are you going to do? Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> again, we played it on the plane. It was super simple and super basic because, again, it's on a plane. Like, they couldn't have a really complicated game built in. It had to be super yeah. simple. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very isolated. I think this is one of the few times that we have a good chunk of time that we played a game but was it only on like eh, we'll say two occasions on the flight out and the flight back like that's it yeah. so probably a cumulative like you said of six or 10 15 hours even but it was all within yeah. two or three sessions essentially yeah which is kind of wild when you think about it <laughs> right so is this going to be an incomplete for you what it what's your what's your rose tinted thoughts yeah this is a tough one because i don't i didn't play nearly as much as you did on the plane again at least for the first leg I was ill Uh, (laughs) but I do remember playing it I remember it not being overly complicated which I really appreciated at the time because I you know we we didn't play a ton of games and I was playing by myself this is not a game that you and I could play together because we weren't sitting next to each other and you know you have your own TV your own console so this is not a two player game or anything like that so I remember it being simple enough that I could play some levels and not get too crazy frustrated so I'm, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a seven it was entertaining enough for what I needed but i don't know if that's the circumstances of we didn't have a lot else to do what about right. you what, what's your rose tinted score of this game i mean i'm gonna give it an eight because it's so rose tinted because it was yeah. like i played it a ton because you're stuck on yeah. a steel tube flying over <laughs> europe and europe and asia for yeah. for 15 hours or whatever so it got me through it it has a special place in my heart but yeah which is you know why we do this podcast yeah so then what's your predicted score like 
How is this going to live is, up this to This is so that? hard, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say a seven. Okay. Just because I don't think it was a terrible platformer. Who knows? I, I have... Literally no idea how this is going <laughs> to go. Uh, what about you? This is this is so confusing. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I think it's going to be very, very basic, within, which in this day and age isn't good, necessarily. I think it was good for what we needed in those moments. I think in this day and age, when we've played a bunch of platformers and 2D platformers and games from that era that were more mm. complicated and more in-depth, I, I don't think it's going to live up to those kind of games. Because I'm thinking of it in That's a fair. Mega Man capacity and a Super Mario capacity. Like, there's a reason this franchise doesn't exist anymore the way those franchises do, to whatever extent. Yeah. You know, so I feel like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is, like, it's only in Japan and it's still going, I don't know. But it just doesn't feel like it, it, it there's a reason it didn't live up to it. It was too simple, too easy, or too hard, one or the other. So I'm going to give it a mm-hmm. 6 out of 10. So that's fair. So the Rose scores, you gave it a 7, I gave it an 8. There's a whole lot of nostalgia in a... Very uh, rose-tinted. Yes, very rose tinted. What do you call that in sitcoms when it's a uh, it's it's a a bottle episode where it's an episode that's in one place? That's kind of how this game was. Ah, uh, I see. Seven yes. and eight, Katie and Chris for the rose scores. Predictor scores six and seven. Let's go find this game and play this game and see how it lives up. I'm very interested. I know we a ton of times we say I'm very excited to play this game again. I'm very interested also, to like, play this game again. I don't know if I'm again. excited. I just yeah. I'm Curious. I'm, I'm very curious to see how this game goes. So let's play that Chi Ocarina of Time and go into the future and see how all of this went. Let's go! Alright, so we are back from the past. We have gotten off of that Singapore Airlines flight and we have <laughs> played that game once again. Katie, what could you tell me about Super Bunk? Let's go through the plot. What can I tell you about the plot? So this is a weird one where the plot wasn't in the manual. No, I like looked up. I had to look up the manual. Producer Kyle because... went through the whole manual. It didn't say anything about this. No, it it like sort of describes how to play the game, which is good. But yeah, unlike most manuals, it does not have anything about the plot. So a lot of it is relying on you having played the other Bonk games that you know who Bonk is and you know who King Drool is, who's a big dinosaur with a crown. So you're saying we need to we need to be up to date on like the Bonk. You have to go um, into the Bonk multiverse. mythology, the Bonk yes. myth- multiverse. So King Drool sends Bonk, and you can see this from the opening animations, because there are actually opening animations in this game. He sends there are to the future, apparently, and that's why sort of. Bonk needs, well, future being the present of 1994, but Bonk is a caveman, so it is the future for him. So and after he- crustaceans. <laughs> Leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> and so... Bonk has to find his way back to the past, similar to Samurai Jack, and then fight King Drool to to save his pre-crustacean world. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's why the settings of Super Bonk, again, 
fourth game in the series are yes. cities initially then you go into someone's house because you're like in a bedroom and then you go into a forest and then you go to the moon you, and then you don't you... just go into someone's bedroom you go into someone's bedroom but you're like tiny you're tiny like it's, it's... and they have the bonk game on the tv the original bonk is on the tv it's a weird yes and then you go to the moon and then you go to a comet and then yes. you get sent back to the past to finally fight King Drool. It's it choices were made throughout this series. You you have to to get to the to get to the comet, you have to navigate your way through the solar system. Yes, it's fascinating. Yes. So, let's get into the mechanics of this wild game. The mechanics actually make more sense than the plot, which is saying something. It is. It's it's <laughs> it's a platformer. It's super simple. There are three actions. Yes. Jump bonk that's the action bonk and yes. if you have a special attack for that particular version of bonk those are the three y- yes. buttons that's it it's real there's, basic yes there's there's three buttons that do things bonk being throw your head into things but that can also mean wall jump via bonk that can mean sort of double jumping slash it's mostly like a glide mechanic via bonk if you hit the jump and bonk button in yes. quick succession, you could kind of you somersault glide. You somersault through the air. Which I saw this in the guide, and it becomes really important in one part, and that only cost me about thirty minutes to remember. There's so much of the guide that explains your powers that are yes. so important. Because we should say we we talked about special powers. You don't have special powers normally. So we'll get into this. Oh, God. There's levels. So outside of just your jump, bonk, and special attack, bonk can climb certain walls, not every wall, but certain walls by biting his way. He bites, and if you look at the guide, I remember the first time playing this game, it was just like, what? What? That's... I forgot that's how you climb. You literally bite the wall, and you climb with your teeth. Also, there are certain poles that you can spin on. With your teeth. Yeah, you you spin around like it would be a high bar, but it's via your teeth. Via your teeth. He has big old teeth. <laughs> he's got strong teeth. He's a, he's a caveman. He's a caveman. He's got big, chompers. strong teeth. And so that's how you get around the world. Now, in Super Bonk, it's the second time in the series that they introduce the concept of candies. So there are mm-hmm. three different candies that you can encounter in the world. The first is a yellow candy, which just makes you the normal-sized Bonk. Mm-hmm. Then there's a blue candy that makes you big Bonk. And there's a red candy that makes you a super small Bonk. Each of these Bonks can allow you to do different things. There are certain areas you can only get to if you're small or if you're big. It changes how you work. But there's that, this that game. That was an interesting mechanic. Yeah. The, it was. the size thing. Yeah. But what's fascinating about this game is not just that there's three different sizes. It's that there's permutations of each size. Yes. So if th- there's both the candies that change your size and then there's meat that gives you power-ups. Yes. Hence the big meat. Eat some big meat. Yes. <laughs> and they're temporary, which is interesting yes the meat is temporary and this is new to the super bonk game it wasn't in any of the earlier bonk games the meats are or at least the combination of meat to candy so if you eat one meat a small meat if you're regular bonk 
you turn into Festerbonk, which is like angry caveman. And he wears yellow. So the main bonk wears red. The Festerbonk wears yellow. This is all very much in the guide. You go from, you've got little bonk, normal bonk, bing bonk, little fester, fester bonk, and big fester. But then if you get another meat, or if you get a big meat, you go straight to Kronk Bonk. <laughs> who, who has, like, bones coming out of his head, and he's slightly and, and, invincible for a time. For a time, and he's, like, weird, crazy, like, he has a tiny little crown, especially if you're... Well, okay, we didn't even talk about if you're Big Fester, you're somehow, like, an ostrich? So, so yeah, so you're... I said chicken. You're nicer than I am. Yeah. Because <laughs> you lay eggs. So, you know, I wasn't there yet. In the notes, we weren't okay. there yet. Discovering this the first time I played, and I wish I had streamed it, because I remember I was in San Diego the first time I yes. played this. And I was just like, what? 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 Uh, okay, go ahead. G- talk about Big Fester. So, <laughs> those are all the Fester Bonk and Kronk Bonk are at normal Bonk size. Yes. At at small bonk size, you look exactly the same as the regular bonk size, but your power up instead of just bonking is rage, where you literally send the letters R-A-G-E exclamation point ahead of you, and you can literally ride them, and it is a required I... mechanic in certain levels. I did not know that the first time I saw it. Like, the first time you need it, it steps up, and there's a sign that says, Rage, rage question mark and i was like should i be like the the crazy invincible one and i just ran across the lava and half no that died. didn't work well no and then later i yeah you you hit whatever x, x. and yeah he just shouts rage he shouts rage so you, that's at the small level no matter what type of bonk you yeah. are you get rage however if you have a blue candy you get to be big bonk but big bonk plus the meat levels has different things there is <laughs> Big Fester, who looks like Fester Bonk with a chicken body. Yeah. Lays eggs that cost smileys, which you collect in the game, and then explode. Which makes sense because I always wondered what the smileys, those are collectibles you find around the levels. They explode. Yes. Kronk Bonk becomes Big Kronk, and he looks like a Godzilla with the Kronk head. <laughs> He's a Godzilla with the Kronk head. It And what we found out later is if you hold X, your power-up button, yes. you become invisible and invincible for half your smileys. Doesn't matter how many you have, half of them. And so you can go across any surface ever and not get hurt as invisible Big Kronk. <laughs> So some of this stuff you could find because there is at the beginning of the game there is a demo mode yes. that kind of walks through all of those and I really appreciate that like I know I rail against very blatant tutorials but it it actually was a pretty good tutorial It was because it just kind of gave you the stuff and you just had to hit buttons to figure and out what was happening. Credit like, to this game. The signage was everywhere. So as Chris yes. said, he saw a sign that said rage. And so that's your hint of you need to be small bonk and you need to ride your rages across certain aspects. It takes uh, signposting quite literally. Literally, it said rage. <laughs> and there were other places like in the final level, it said no meat question mark and so you had to know you couldn't use any of your power-ups to get over the next area like 
there were some very literal signposts in this game. Another part of this game is a you could be turned into a crab. Yes. Like a brick. A, a block comes down and just turns you Squishes into a crab. Squishes you into a crab, which is actually, yeah. the, it's the speedrunner's preferred bonk is to be a crab as much as possible. Don't understand why, but when we were watching a speedrun, they were like, you want huh. to turn into a crab as soon as possible. Uh, it's it's fun because if if you're like not totally underneath that little thing, the anime, you like you could see the sprite turn into a crab. Like especially if it, it'll like transform you into like a different version of Bonk and then into a crab. Like That's so it gets really funny. awkward if you're half under that thing. I just also like that the crab can be small crab, big crab, or regular crab or big crab. Like he yeah. also has all of the sizes. Yup. There's so there's so much. Like it's such a weird game. There's no explanation for why you crab. Ever. No, it's it's you're just a crab. J- just because someone liked crabs on the dev team. I don't know. Someone was uh, from Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> We're not up on, on the, the, the bonk lore. So those were the main mechanics. The other thing about the game is there were a lot of diverging pathways. So you actually could go a yes. lot of different ways to the, get the end of the stage because there were six stages in Super Bonk. Mm-hmm. There were actually multiple ways to get to the end of a stage as well as the fact that there were a ton of mini games in every stage. Yeah, they were like bonus stages like it yeah. was it was a little because a you little could get flower because yeah. part of it was yeah. points in the game because points could get you extra lives mm-hmm. you could get fruits which would give you points and health <sighs> and points smileys and smileys yeah and you heart get a lot pieces. of smileys and heart That's pieces the thing is, you start with three hearts that are blue. Mm-hmm. Well, blue or empty, red or full. And you yeah. can get up to six hearts. So the way you do that is you find blue hearts in each level. And that would add it till you get to six. Yes. But six is the maximum. Doesn't matter if you find another blue heart. Six is your max, which is too low. Because certain enemies will take more, more than others. Not um, only that, certain enemies... <laughs> Took your hearts, and so you the got third... reduced to the maximum. Yeah, what, the third boss? Oh, I think it was the third or the, fourth boss. The third dude. boss, when she, like, flapped her fan, would literally, yes. like, unless you hit her, she would take away She would your take hearts. your hearts away, and that Which, was rude. Oh. Fortunately, it's, it's interesting because right before that boss, there's a ton of the, the empty hearts. Mm-hmm. That you could get, so you could get up to six, and then they did, yeah, so they after did that purpose. is the when you have to find the meteor and fly through the solar system. Find because the meteor, find the comet. That's the thing it, that happens. The, yeah, the comet, yeah. They there are a bunch of crystal hearts, the blue hearts, yeah. in the solar system, so you could get back up to six. So but like, yeah, it is actually a very important mechanic of Super Bonk were the level titles. So there were six stages, but within each stage, there were multiple levels in theory. Yes. But I I say the level titles were important because, for example, at the start of like level, I think it was level four or stage four was, Mm -hmm. it was called Find the Comet and you're just in the solar system. But if you didn't read the level title, you didn't know what you were looking for and what you were supposed to do. I was going to say, it's way more helpful than the boss name stage that was Blue Balls, <laughs> and I literally had a spit take. But there was another level in the sixth stage that was called Invisible Bonk, and 
said it was mm. specifically telling you you need to go invisible at a certain point or you won't beat this level which I we had not. to look up in the guide because I didn't un- I didn't know that holding X as the oh, big yeah. crunk as, as made big crunk. you invisible. I did not make it that far. I beat because the game. I, I wanted to, but I got three stages in and then accidentally overwrote my save state. Yeah, that's brutal. Which was disappointing. So we're getting into our opinions at this point of the game. Oh, of course. I only streamed the first, I think, two levels because even in the stream, I dropped an F-bomb because <laughs> I got real angry. So I knew that's, that streaming that's, further shocked. was not a great idea. I'm better <laughs> about it when I'm streaming. Oh, yes, because I've played I've played Mario Golf with you <laughs> when we're not streaming, and I know the language that you use. But by the end of Super Bowl, <laughs> producer Kyle can tell you, not only did I rage quit Two or three times, because I got so mad at playing stages five and six. Ugh. I dropped probably 50 plus F-bombs. <laughs> I'm shocked. And so it's better I didn't stream it, because it wouldn't have been friendly for the audience, because I got so aside. frustrated at this game. So... The thing is, I dropped a lot of F-bombs in this game because there were multiple elements that we genuinely had to look up how to beat them because I wasn't positive because there wasn't enough reinforcement in the game to tell me I was doing the right thing. And that's always frustrating. Yeah, which is interesting because, again, they signpost so much stuff. But then there's certain parts. There's uh in the, it's like the third level, uh, they call it like the flower maze, where mm-hmm. you need to do like the <sighs> the successive jump for yeah, just Oh like my God, the flower part. maze. And I spent so much time doing that before I think I looked up a video of it because like the guide was just like, just jump to the platform. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't jump that far. But you have to do like the bonk jump. Yeah, the bonk and then you spin through Spin the bonk, yeah. yeah. Like if you don't do that, then you can't make the gap. It's weird. As much as you say that the guide helped, it never told you you could ride a rage. Nothing ever tells you you can ride on a rage, and yet you're supposed to figure that out. And not only that, yeah, the best way to ride rage is you have to bounce it off a wall first a wall. and then jump off. Yes. And they don't say that anywhere, and so you have to figure that out. There's a lot of this game that's frustrating. But in one way, I credit the mini games seemed very out there and didn't make sense because they were like, oh, oh God jump and make this thing explode because you jumped on an inflatable thing enough times. Yeah. Or... It was like a Mario Party game. Yeah, or get all the flowers into the basket. So some of them didn't make sense. But a couple of them actually applied to levels you encounter in the game. So, for example, there is a minigame level where you have to bounce on these bouncy clouds and get as many points as possible. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. I did that all the time. There's a level in, I think, stage two or three where you do the exact same thing. And so I was like, where you have to bounce on clouds. I'm like, so it's teaching you that. But more importantly, there's a mini game that makes no sense where you are the crab. And you're shooting things. (laughs) You're flying in the air and shooting things. 
you're you're shooting makes, smaller crabs to hit you're, coins. You're, you're shooting tokens, and they flip, uh, and they give you either smileys or there's one extra life in the mini game. Yeah, there's smileys, an extra life, and I think a heart. Whatever. That's the yeah. mini game. The I believe it's the start of stage five is that exact mini game. But as the start of the stage, but they change it. Some of the tokens are negative smileys, negative health, negative hearts. So you lose a full heart piece or they had positives of smileys, health, points. So they'd be like 10,000 points, which points get you to extra lives. So they took the mini game and evolved it. There were negatives all of a sudden. And you're like, oh, this is different. But I yeah. learned how to play this game from the mini games. And so that was really interesting. Was there an explanation for why you got turned into a crab all of a sudden we're shooting things? No. Absolutely. There were no explanations for anything. Why were we in a bedroom as a tiny person? Why? There was zero why? Why were we... We, you got swallowed by something, and we're riding around in its guts. Uh, you got swallowed by a tapeworm inside a thing, which was a different level, so you had to escape the tapeworm. That was actually really interesting. It wasn't a tapeworm. It was a lip worm, because it had weird, awkward Because it had lips. gigantic lips. No, I, I wrote that down. Um... Oh, that's not even the sea monster that had lips because there was two. There was, was like a heartworm and the sea monster with lips that I think was called a pamph pamph. If you get eaten by it, that's what it says the level's name is. There was a weird dominatrix at one point. Like at one point to escape, you have to jump into a giant cocktail and, and shove yourself through the straw. Yes. What is this game about? So in various levels, there were two or three levels where if you got eaten by a particular enemy, you went into a mini level that you then had to go through their body system (laughs) and go out their butt. They didn't show it, but that's what happened. You got digested and pooped out. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't know if you asked it or someone else asked it on stream. It's like, what is weirder, this game or Earthworm Jim? It wasn't me, but yeah. That's a it's a toss up because both are just so surreal. It's just you go through the levels and you're like, what is happening? Why am I why am I here? What's wh- what what what? Yeah, so I just want to pop in because I think Earthworm Jim at least was tongue in cheek, having fun. It was playing with the audience the whole time. You know, you had your laser and cheater and all these things. Yeah, like the whole thing. It was very like everyone's in on the joke. This is weird and wacky. When I put in this game after listening to The Rose, but having never seen it or played it, or it was before Katie had played it, within five Mm. minutes, I think I sent a message to our group chat saying, this game is a fever dream. What is happening? (laughs) This one is very obviously weirder than Earthworm Jim. (laughs) Fever dream is a great way to put it because it just makes no sense where you're going from place to place. It's a wild game and none of it makes sense because... We didn't mention, in the lunar levels, you're literally floating. Oh, yeah. And that's a that's a mechanic that it's, you're essentially, you're not even floating. You're just, you're a spacecraft that bounces around, essentially. So. <laughs> Which the greatest clip ever of when 
Eskimo the cat sat on Chris's keyboard and made oh, yeah. it fast, and so Bob just started just sending me everywhere. to the one side. I was like, "Why is this happening?" Oh, because the damn cat is sitting on the arrow button of my keyboard. <laughs> because that's how you control it. Like, if you want to slow yeah. down, you you hold back in the opposite direction. I also like, use counter thrusting. You, you bonked what? to slow yourself down. <laughs> You know, I don't know if I ever actually realized that. I did. That. So if I was going too far in a certain uh, direction, you start bonking and you stop. And so you uh, can switch direction. Bonk I, is the answer to everything in this game. Apparently, I say that and I do think the level design was interesting and fairly well done. Other than when they didn't tell you the mechanics. like No, but I appreciate that you could also beat different levels different ways. Different ways. It was yeah. so early to give you a diverse path. There were certain things you never encountered if you weren't paying attention. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. The candies to make you big or small or regular size had such a big impact. Like, again, that's a speed running thing where it's like, you want to be small or you want to be a crab a ton. Yeah. Because so, to be fair, that also of... caused quite a few curse words on my part because I'd be a <laughs> big bonk and it's like, oh, small bonk if you could get an extra life here. And I'd be like, you son of a... Oh, God! Yeah. Why do you <laughs> torture me? <laughs> so, but they did it on purpose. And it's rude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I beat the game. It was weird. The final boss had three forms. The first of which of course. we found out after I died and was literally cursing up a storm and was about to probably break my controller. Mm-hmm. And producer Kyle was very kind and was like, so apparently for the first stage, you just should stand in the middle and not move. And I was like, oi going to kill someone (laughs) uh but the point is i beat the game and i will credit this game so the first stage is kind of simple the second stage is very dr robotnik sonic the hedgehog you just bop him on the head you have to time it right you get it done Mm -hmm. the final stage of the final boss is one of the smartest ais i have ever encountered in a game of this level Hmm. because he doesn't just have a pattern so you just need to hit he has glowing spikes on his back that you need to hit Mm -hmm. to damage him that's really straightforward and it's this little dino cart it's so dumb that goes across your screen back and forth called the crusher but if you jump sometimes the boss will stop and go back and retreat and other times he'll pause Wait till you hit the ground and then charge forward. And then other times he'll match your jump and hit you in the air. It actually was a diverse, unpredictable boss pattern Mm -hmm. that was so frustrating. (laughs) I was so angry at this game. But credit, it wasn't simple. It wasn't straightforward. I literally told producer Kyle, I'm used to Dr. Robotnik where if I get a pattern, I get it. There was no pattern. There was nothing. He literally, in like six or seven times in a row, I would jump and he would retreat. Mm -hmm. And that's so annoying because I'm like, I have the pattern. I know if I jump and hit him this way, I win. But he's like, nah, I'm going to run away. And I was like, and this is a game from 1994 and he knew to run away. And I hated it as a player, but I'm impressed as a gamer knowing that that was a complicated piece that they added to this boss. So as simple as this game is, there were some really interesting dynamics to some of these bosses. 
I also really liked that when you died, it just took a life away mm-hmm. and you just moved on with the level yep. exactly where you were. And you got half health. And half health. Well, but still. Yeah. Ah, no, I agree with so you. That's so good. Like, there were a couple bosses where producer Kyle and I talked where I kept dying. And he's like, it's okay. You have 15 more hearts, basically, because he knew yeah. I had five more lives. And so it yeah. was easy to be like, okay, you can keep going. And I would have yeah. to actually factor that into going to these battles of like, okay, I have this many more hearts to go. Mm-hmm. But I it, liked it, it was, because it wasn't yeah. nearly as frustrated as I got. At least there was that compensation. Yeah, I was more frustrated with not being able to clear certain platforming elements oh, that wouldn't God, even kill yeah. you. And this was like the platforming, if you fell off a platform, you would just go to a different part of the level. Sometimes, yeah. Like you couldn't die by falling off of something. You would just extend the level. Like, that's such a departure from other platforming games. I loved that until the final level. (laughs) If you missed some jumps, you landed on spikes every time you missed the jump. Uh, Ah, there there were a couple areas of spikes and lava. Yeah, that's fair. It's interesting. That's where I find a fault in the game is it taught you for so long that if you miss this, it's okay. You just have to deal with something else. And suddenly you get to the very final stages and it's like, no, no, you missed this. So you're going to fall on spikes and get injured and it's going to take a full heart from you and you're boned for the rest of the game. And it's like, I hate you. I hate you so much right now, Bonk. God damn it, Bonk. Bonk and I had some issues. Yeah, that's what it, that's, I almost wish you had streamed it. (laughs) Too many curse words. Uh, this is the person that took how many times to finish Mario? I can't believe I didn't curse during that stream. <laughs> <laughs> this game wrecked me. <laughs> so let's conclude it. I, I will say, we didn't talk about it at all. We always talk about the music. It was actually good music. I enjoyed the music throughout all the levels. It was good fun. I did. It was very, it was very varied. I know I've said that before, but it was varied. And it was fun. There were themes. And I no, thought the music fun. was great. So then what is your final score, Chris, for Super Bonk? What is your final score out of 10? I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Honestly, like I, I didn't finish it. I will say that. But I really enjoyed playing the game. It was frustrating, especially when there was those mechanics that they didn't tell you you needed. But it's just so wild. I really enjoyed it because it was just it was a trip. It was a weird trip. Like what? Uh, what about you? What's your final score? I think my final score for the game is a seven okay. because I genuinely wanted to break my controller and rage quit two or three times in this game. Uh-huh. As much as we talk about save stating and save scumming, I didn't do that until the final stage. The only time I save scummed was. I'm finishing up for the night. I'm coming back later, which doesn't count. Uh-huh. To me. I could have continued. I right. didn't because I was tired. Right. But when the only time I used it to be like, I lost all my lives. I need to restart was in the final stage. And I was angry. I was angry <laughs> so much. And a lot of it was because the mechanics, while both explicit, weren't explicit enough. So when we talk about the final level where they're like, the level was literally called Invisible Bonk. But they never told me at any point in the game how to be Invisible Bonk. And so it wasn't oh, until yeah. producer Kyle was like, you need to hold X as this particular cronk big bonk and then you're invisible and then you need to run as 
fast as you can. But then they taunt you because as you're going on this path, there's a meat, there's a bunch of smileys, there's candies, there's a heart, there's an extra life. You can't mm-hmm. pick up when you're invisible. Oh. And they taunt you with that. So that made me think in my gamer mind, this can't be right. I must wait until I can pick these things up because they're so important. I need them. No, no, you're supposed to ignore them. And they treat you cruelly to do otherwise. And so it made me mad at a very, <laughs> very visceral level. That's that's fair. I mean, it's an old school platformer. If that's... That's true. So that's fair. So so you gave it a seven. Your rose was a seven. Your predicted was a six. I gave it an eight and a half. My rose was an eight. I predicted a seven. I can't believe you rated it higher than your rose. No, I, well, the rose was so weird because, again, we it was played a it weird for, rose for 40 hours <laughs> in two 20-hour chunks. Which is more than we played for a lot of games. But at the same oh, time, it's such an isolate. No, but it's such a condensed period of time. <laughs> Yeah. Such a weird phenomena. So this game has a small but loyal following because there's a wikia about Bonk. There's Uh TV Tropes that has a decent actually like write-up of of the Mm. Bonk games. Again, RetroGamer.net did a whole article in 2016 about the Bonk games. There's the Bonk Compendium, which (laughs) was a whole website dedicated to the Bonk games at bonkzonk.com nice but the point is if there's a loyal following and i almost understand it there's some weird it's it's a weird game but it makes you want to like it it wants you to like it it's so bizarre it's so weird but bonk is actually a very identifiable character so i can see why they used him as the mascot of the system because he's so identifiable this is a game that it's going to be very hard for people to play unless they know about it if you've never played it you're not going to pay a hundred and some dollars for the game find other ways to play it i'll put it that way other ways to play it we don't there are other ways to play it try it out it's funny it's weird It's good it's, fun in a ridiculous yeah. way. But uh-huh. like, it's a weird game, but it I weirdly didn't hate it. I got angry no. at it, but I didn't <laughs> hate it. I would suggest if you could find it, play it, because it's a trip. It's it's certainly something. It's something. So. It's weird. It's <laughs> fun. Have some fun. Play a game you've never heard of and have some fun with it. Play some Super Bonk or any of the Bonk games because 1, 2, and 3 are way highly rated compared to Super Bonk. Yeah. But Super Bonk incorporates everything in 1, 2, and 3, so I feel like go with Super Bonk. And there's later games, to be fair. There's arcade games. Find a Bonk game. Give it a try. Let us know what you think. (laughs) We are on all of our social media at GWGWShow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, all of the above. Check us out. We're going to keep posting things. We're going to be streaming some stuff coming down a pipe. It'll be fun. Katie, I think you've been posting some videos here and there. I had um, some rock gonna... band videos that embarrassed the heck band, out yeah. of me. <laughs> uh, so what? what is our next episode, Katie? Our next episode is Kirby's Dream Course because it's golf because everybody knows I'm good at golf. <laughs> I was going to say another game that we played on the way to Malaysia. Another game. And it'll be fun. (laughs) So check out the next episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining us thus far. 
Again, check out Spotify, leave a review on there. You can leave a general review, but you can leave an episode-specific review. We'd love to hear from you. We like talking to you all. Again, GWGW Show, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of the above. We've had some great suggestions on all of the social platforms for games to come up. People have pointed out things that made us laugh, and I've reposted them, so I could make <laughs> you famous if you send us info. <laughs> but honestly talk to us we love we love hearing from you all you we love the interaction with you guys it's so much fun twitch is a great way whenever we're streaming because we're just mostly having a good time it's so good we couldn't do it without you guys we'll be a bit more sporadic in the next month or two so check us out talk to us on social media we look forward to hearing from you you'll get a, a another couple of random episodes coming out soon we'll have some fun ones hopefully some fun streams coming out soon we really look forward to seeing from you all and hearing from you all big thanks to all of you guys our listeners big thanks to our producers making sure we stay on topic and don't rant more than normal <laughs> when they could be bothered they're great producers we love them very much Yes, thank you guys so much, and we look forward to interacting with you guys in the future. We'll see you next episode. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. I did it wrong. You did. I'm not going to get over this, but we're going to do the episode. You've ruined it. You've ruined everything.